Take your Bibles, please, and turn to 2 Peter chapter 1 this morning. 2 Peter chapter 1. We'll be back in Nehemiah chapter 6 next week. But I wanted to go to 2 Peter chapter 1 this morning. We have been working on passages of Scripture that help us understand all the blessings and benefits that God has given to us. And here in 2 Peter chapter 1, we recognize that it's according to His divine power that He has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Now, the reason that is true is given to us in verse 19 of 2 Peter chapter 1 because we are reminded what we are and where we are. Look with me at verse 19, will you please? And we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed to which you will do well to pay attention as to a light shining in a dark place until the dawn and the morning star rises in your hearts. You and I are to be lights shining in a dark place. Now, if we were to go over to 1 Peter, we would find that we are the elect who have been exiled. And Matt is absolutely right when he says that life is a battle. And we will win that battle based upon what we feed in our souls, either His Spirit or our flesh. And we are to be lights shining in a dark place. But as we have learned, God has given to us everything that we need. And in addition to that, He has given to us His exceedingly great and precious promises. Will you stand with me, please, in honor to God's Word? And we are going to read or quote these verses. I trust that you've been working on them. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, all right? We will start with a reference. We'll read or quote the verses, and then we will finish with the reference. Here we go. 2 Peter 3, 1, 3 and 4. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence, by which He has granted to us His precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. Second Peter 1, 3 and 4. Now there's a phrase in here I want you to note, and I want you to outline it in your Bible. Precious and very great promises. God has given to us promises in His Word. Promises that are precious, promises that are very great, that we can depend upon. And as we will see this morning, those promises are given to us because of who God is. And what God wants to accomplish in our lives. May God add His blessing to the reading, quoting of His Word. As you and I take it and apply it to our hearts and live it out through our lives for His honor and His glory. And all God's people said, and you know what that means, let it be so in our lives. Thank you. Please be seated. But God has given to us in His Word exceedingly great and precious promises. Things for our lives that ought to encourage us and minister to us and help us grow. You know, God has given to us promises concerning our spiritual lives. The promise is that if we will confess with our mouths the Lord Jesus 
and believe in our hearts that God hath raised him from the dead, we will be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made into salvation. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen? Isn't that a great promise? God has given to us in the in his word something about the resurrection, right? Where he said, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Amen. Isn't that a great promise? We're told that we will receive the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will indwell us. Because our bodies are his temple. And he will guide and direct us into all truth. He will teach us all things. He will bring things to our remembrance. Those are his promises. Now let me just outline a few other promises that I think will be a blessing to you this morning. God's Word has told us that we have freedom from the power of sin. Romans chapter 6 says, For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under law, but under grace. Now we read in 2 Peter, He's given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, right? And part of that is that sin will not have dominion over us because we're not called by law, but we're called by grace. I am thankful that God gives to us what we do not deserve. That's His grace. I'm also thankful for His mercy that God does not give to us what we do deserve. But we have His grace and we are not under the power of sin. I'm also thankful that grace is sufficient to meet our needs, right? Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 that God's grace was there to meet his needs. And he was asking that God would take away something from his life. And God said, no, I'm not going to take that away. But God said, my grace is going to be sufficient. I'm going to help you through the process. I'm going to make sure that you understand that I'll never leave you nor forsake you. That was his promise. Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. We had this in the Konania class this morning. Aren't you thankful for His promise? We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Aren't you thankful for that? God will not call us to do anything but that He gives us the power to do it. And we can be confident that God is able to strengthen us according to the circumstance in which we find ourselves. I'm also thankful that we can have victory. Victory over Satan. James chapter 4 says, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. First John says, Greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. Amen. And those are wonderfully great promises. Just a couple more. First Corinthians chapter 10. There is no temptation taking you, but such is his common demand. But God is faithful. Let's try this one more time. There hath no temptation taken you, but such is his common man, but God is faithful. Amen? And the scripture goes on to tell us that God is faithful so that he will not suffer us to be tempted, but will with the temptation also make a way of escape that we may be able to handle the load, bear up under the pressure. And aren't you thankful for 1 John 1, 9? If we confess our sin... Man, I didn't turn around to look. How many people did not raise their hand when you asked them if they had sinned this past week? Is it fair amount? Let's try this one more time. 
How many of you struggled with sin this past week? Did I do better than you did, Matt? All right, well, I explained it a little bit more, all right? But aren't you thankful? If we confess our sin, that means see our sin just as God sees it. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That does not mean that God gives us a silent treatment. You ever sin against anybody and they gave you the silent treatment? And it took them a while to get over that. That's not how God operates. God says, if you will see your life as I see your life and will recognize that you need a change of direction, I will forgive and I will cleanse. What a wonderful promise. Exceedingly great and precious promises. But not only are these great promises, they're also precious promises. You know, there are a lot of things that are precious. Scripture says precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. But I want you to turn over to 1 Peter, will you please? Let me just point out some precious things out of 1 Peter. Chapter 1. Look with me at verse 7. 1 Peter, chapter 1, verse 7. So that, the great, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in the praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. The testing of your faith is precious in God's sight. Now, you may not count it that valuable. But God says, when your faith is tested, that's a good thing. And that is a precious thing in his sight. Look with me at verses 18 and 19 of 1 Peter chapter 1. Knowing that you are ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or without spot. Aren't you thankful for the precious blood of Christ that has redeemed us? And it wasn't silver, gold, material, mundane kinds of things. But it was that God demonstrated His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Turn to chapter 2, will you please? Look with me at verses 4 and 5. As you come to Him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. We are living stones, precious to God as what is His Son, Jesus Christ. Look with me at verse 6 of the same chapter. For it stands in Scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious. And whoever believes in Him will not be put to shame. So precious is Jesus, my Savior and King. Look at verse 7. So the honor is for you who believe. 
But for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the corner stone. To all who believe, he is precious. And Jen, jump over to verse 4 and 5 of chapter 3, please. But let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit which in God's sight is very precious. For this is how the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves by submitting to their own husbands. A quiet and gentle spirit is precious in God's sight. Back to Second Peter chapter 1. Exceedingly great and precious promises. Underline that, will you please, in your Bibles? Because this is what God has given to us. Now, there are a couple of thoughts that I want to attach to that exceedingly great and precious promises. The first thought is in verse 3 of Second Peter chapter 1. His divine power. Theos Dumanas is the Greek. The divine power of God has given to us these exceedingly great and precious promises. The other thing that I want to attach to that is down in verse 4. Down there we read, great and precious promises, so that through them you may be partakers of the divine nature. The divine power of God has given to us these precious promises so that we might understand something about the divine nature of God lived out in our lives. We talk about living soberly and righteously and godly in this present world, Titus chapter 2. And many times we struggle with that. We struggle with it because of what Matt sung about this morning, the battle in our lives. And there is a battle. There's, there's no doubt about that. And that battle is that there because we are exiles. We're only temporary here on planet Earth. And as exiles, we are to be shining lights in this dark place. And I don't know about you, but it seems to me like this old world's getting darker and darker and darker. But do not forget, God has given to us His promises because of His divine nature, of the divine power, and according to His divine nature. You see, promises are only as good as the person making the promise. And God is making these promises. So that we might have them lived out in our lives. Now let's talk very quickly about his divine power this morning. What has his divine power given to us? It's given to us salvation, has it not? Romans chapter 1 verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. To everyone that believeth. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. God's divine power has given to you and to me his salvation. Amen. I am so thankful it's not dependent upon me. Because I could not keep myself saved. I struggle too much. I battle too much. 
I feed my flesh too much. But it's according to his divine power that he has given to us salvation. It's also according to his divine power that he's given to us sanctification. Philippians chapter 3 verse 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. As we grow, it is God's divine power that helps us understand who he is and what he wants to accomplish in our lives. It is also according to divine power that he's given to us security, right? 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 5, who are kept by the power of God through faith and to salvation, ready to, believe, to be revealed at the last time. You know, as you, you study theology, there are a number of different ways to believe about that security in our lives. If you're a Calvinist, John Calvin believed that the assurance of our salvation was based on theological doctrine of divine decrees. That is, God's sovereignty in our lives. Now, that's a good thing to believe. If you're an Arminian, John Wesley believed that the assurance of our salvation was based on our religious experience, that we kept ourselves somewhat saved. If you're a Roman Catholic, you may believe that the assurance of your salvation is based on church dogma or church doctrine. But I put myself in this last camp because most evangelicals believe that the assurance of our salvation is based on the character of God. Who God is and the evidence of his spirit lived out in our lives. You see, as we look at the promises, we need to consider the source. And that source is the divine power of God. Now, what are the benefits of his provision? Very quickly this morning, there are a few. The first benefit of his salvation is in verse 3. He has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Now, chop that in two. He has presented to us all things that pertain to life. Do you believe that our God will supply all of your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus? Have you experienced that in your life? Have you seen him at work? Have you seen his provision evidenced in a very special way to, to meet your needs? Isn't that great? I am so thankful that we can depend upon God to give us all things that pertain to life. We are indeed blessed. And as Jim has been teaching in the Konania class, it's easy to be content when you're blessed. But not only has he given to us all things that pertain to life, but he's also given to us all things that pertain to godliness. Now, we don't believe that quite as well. We thank God for meeting our physical needs. But have you thanked God for meeting all your spiritual needs? Do, do you believe that God is able to give you everything that is necessary to help you live the Christian life? Now think about it. What has He provided? He's provided His Word, right? His Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. 
The 119th Psalm also says, I will hide his word in my heart that I might not sin against him. He's given to us. Isn't it wonderful to be able to pick up the word and read it? To be able to apply it to our circumstances and to know that it is truth. Isn't that great? He's given to us his word. He's given to us his spirit. I already mentioned this morning how his spirit indwells us and guides and directs us into all truth. He's given to us one another. And we as the body of Christ are to invest in each other's lives, put our arms around each other, encourage one another, set an example for one another, and help each other live out the Christian life. Fellowship. You can define that as two fellows in one ship. I have a cartoon and I should have put it on the overhead. It is a picture of two Indians in a canoe facing back to back, each paddling. The caption is, boy, this current sure is strong. (laughs) That is not how we are to live out the Christian life and fellowship. Because we're all supposed to be headed the same direction, right? We're all supposed to be tied to the same truth. We all are indwelt by the same spirit. And God has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Everything we need to become more like Christ, God has already given us. We do not need some new experience or fresh revelation to help us draw close to God. We simply have to appropriate what He has already given to us. But not only has He given us provision, that which pertains to life and godliness, called us to his own glory and excellence. You know, the Bible tells us that we are to be challenged and changed and conformed to the character of Christ. Now, we say that pretty quickly and easily. But it's true. It's Romans 8, 29. Now, are you familiar with Romans 8, 28? And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Isn't that wonderful? But what happens when you don't get it? Are you familiar with Romans 8.26? Likewise also the Spirit helpeth our infirmity, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself maketh intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. So the Spirit prays for us even when we don't know how to pray. God promises that all things will work together for good to those that love God, to those who are the called. And that happens so that we can be conformed to the character of The experiences that you and I have are not for our benefit. Except that they help us be more like Jesus. They're not intended to make us happy. They are intended to make us more Christ-like. And it is his person that helps us understand all things that pertain to life and godliness.
And what is the proclamation? That he has called us, proclaimed, called us to his own glory and excellence. To be like Jesus, to be like Jesus, my desire to be like him. Amen? You and I ought to be able to look in the mirror and the face that we see should reflect Jesus Christ. Yeah, all things that pertain, knowledge of his person, proclaimed us to glory and excellence so that we might be partakers, jump down to verse 4, so that we might be partakers of the divine nature. What does that mean? That means that his nature ought to live out itself from our life. That means that we have his divine nature in us. There's a television show that's entitled Blue Bloods. It's about a family in New York City that has the heritage of being police officers. The grandpa's the former police commissioner in New York City. The, the dad is the current police commissioner of New York City. One of the sons is a detective. Another son is an officer. And the daughter is the prosecuting attorney. I mean, blue bloods. Kind of like a heritage kind of thing. Now, I'm not endorsing blue bloods, all right? So if you watch it and you say, boy, Pastor never should have said that was a good show. I didn't say it was a good show. I just told you what the show was about. But have you thought that you and I who know Jesus Christ as personal Savior have divine blood? Hmm? Born again to the family of God through the blood of Jesus Christ? Part of God's family because of the preciousness of the blood of the Son of God? Have you thought about that? That gives to us a legacy, does it not? That gives to us a heritage. That gives to us a wonderful opportunity to live out all that God intends us to have. We are partakers of the divine nation. And lastly, we are protected. Having escaped, last part of verse 4, having escaped the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. The word having is not just future. Well, we would all identify with having to be heaven, right? Once we get to heaven, it's going to be fine. But Peter is talking about right here and now. You and I have everything that is necessary to live a godly life, which exhibits itself in the fact that we've escaped the corruption of our old nature. Aren't you thankful for that? 
And it's all built around His promises. It's all built around on His fulfilling His word in our lives. It's all built around what He has done through His Son, Jesus Christ. Through His given body and His shed blood. It's all based on His divine power giving to us His divine nature to be lived out for His honor and His glory. Amen? I hope that encourages you today. I I, I trust that that really helps you live out all that God has given to us. Now, Peter is going to help us understand that there is a process. And these are our verses for September, all right? 2 Peter 1 Verses 5, 6, and 7. Read them with me this morning, please. We'll start with the reference, we'll read the verses, and we will finish with the reference. Here we go. 2 Peter 1, 5 through 7. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. Second Peter 1, 5 through 7. For this very reason. Because of his exceedingly great and precious promises, because of his divine power giving to us his divine nature, add to your faith. And verse 8 For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you should neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of him who called you from glory. 